Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm the straw that stirs the drink. Tall, flexible, and impossible to recycle. If you listen closely, you can hear me not caring. Uh, oh, you guys, it's Andy's girls. Wait, I just have to compliment both of us. I feel like we both did, I have to say, a very good job with our tagline. Uh, yes, we've had some practice. I will admit, Abby wrote mine. <laughs> oh, I wish Abby. I could take credit for it, but um, she helped me with that. And I have it in my phone because this question comes up a lot and I never can remember it. So I'm just glad that I was able to deliver on it. <laughs> you really were. Shout out to Abby. Half of the duo that I love to follow on social. So let's get to it. You know her as one of the fabulous voices behind Real Moms of Bravo. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Vanessa. So good to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, This will be fun. Listen, I have to say, I saw on your social, you just took a little trip to um, the motherland. Yes. Manhattan. Yes. How was your, what was your experience like also traveling with two young kids? My God. It was honestly probably my favorite family trip we've taken. Like it was so much fun. I, you know, it's funny. I just talked to someone who's from New York and she's like, you know, I haven't been, the city has like coming back and I'm sure there's lots of conversations Mm. regarding that, Mm -hmm. but it was great. I was there for a family reunion. Um, so I traveled with my family. I have a lot of family, um, like in Jersey, Queens, Bronx. I have a lot of family from there. And I had family who traveled from the Dominican Republic, which is where my family is, um, from, um, both sides. And then a cousin who traveled in from Spain. So lots of people traveled for this family reunion. Um, so I'm belaboring this story. You guys listen are like, okay, no, cool. I love you're like, I'm cool. Into this. You no, traveled and you me- had, you know, family reunion. Um, but it was really <laughs> fun. I will like, I think having my parents being able to watch the girls at night, I got the best of both Ooh. worlds. So I got adult time at night with my husband. And then during the day we did the history museum, the museum of ice cream, um, we went to Times mm. Square, um, mm. but time it was a lot. We went to the M&M store. I was like, we have to go to the M&M store. I mean, what a better place, but it was busy. It was, I mean, busy to me. I'm from the Midwest, so it's a lot busier than what I see here, but it was fun. I had a great time. I can't wait to come back for BravoCon. That's incredible. And also the idea of childcare. It's like, I don't even, someone posted this on social apologies. If it was literally you, it could have been, but it was something along the lines of like taking a trip with your kids. Isn't going away with your kids. Isn't a vacation. It's a trip. Yeah. No, it's a trip. So much you have to, I would be stressed the fuck out. I really would. I feel like parenting and motherhood forces you to really just roll with it. Like you realize you can't control things and you're forced to just go with it, roll with the bunches. Like I am very type A and used to want to plan, plan, plan and like 
once my firstborn Mia like threw that out the window I was like no no such thing as control you just gotta roll with it and so I think if you set your expectations as this could be a shit show or it could be really fun it's fine so I try to live by one hour at a time uh, especially in that situation and it was great I mean we we planned like one main activity a day and our biggest thing was making sure we got to the right train we sat yeah. on the train for a couple minutes, walked, went to our destination, and then it was good. Like we didn't, I didn't try to, we didn't try to stretch it too much. And like, I mean, I'm going to sound so Midwest, but I'm like, oh my God, the subway is fabulous. I'm like, this is the most efficient thing I've ever like encountered in terms of public transportation. It's so good. And the girls like liked it and there's people watching and it was great. That's incredible. And I also think taking kids to a space that's entirely different from where they're currently being raised is so important. Oh, yes. Like, absolutely. I mean, my kids are going to be much more spoiled than I was in that regard. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really important for me, one, to culturally identify with my family and get a flavor of that. And two, you know, I live in a predominantly white area. So I want them to know that there's places where there's people of all walks of life that are there. Um, and just having that exposure, I think is just important. And I also like, you know, we'll go back to New York, I'm sure in a couple of years with, with them again. And mm-hmm. I like that each time that we'll go, we'll be so different because there's so much to do and see. Yeah. And there's so many different kinds of experiences that you can have and adjust to, I would think a different you know, spot in your child's development, which is great too. I mean, I was a, I'm a retired nanny. I was a nanny in New York and a live-in nanny and dealt with the like Park Avenue and celeb, yada, yada. And what was so, what can be really interesting, albeit incredibly expensive, is to adjust the experience of New York City specifically to that child. Like there are so many different options. Yes. And even just like bike riding down the West Side Highway is like potentially a great way to, you know, bring some New York City flavor to a child's day, which I think is. Yeah. Is I mean, I did laugh like Mia walked down one street and she was like plugging her nose. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, and I was yeah, like, it smells terrible. I know. But I also was like, oh, my, this is like bad. Like she just like walking like I'm like, whatever. But she didn't do that all streets. But <laughs> she I mean, we it's a thing is like New York City summer smells like quite literal it's garbage yeah we no. smell it's terrible it's she's garbage. not the only one no it's the garbage we all do that yeah she was very much like Ooh. and I was you know <laughs> I all the New Yorkers not that I expected anyone to be mean at all mm. I just everyone was so nice and like you know giving up their seats and helping us with directions and so it was again lovely 10 out of 10 love nyc shout out nyc can't wait to come back i'm glad the city is coming back to life um i can tell a lot of you have ptsd from the pandemic and how literal like how i could i could you know sense that yeah. a little bit it was panicking when we were the global epicenter never do i ever want to go back to that oh my god I yeah think there there is residual trauma that a lot oh, of us absolutely. feel those of us who don't have a second house to escape oh my to god i can't imagine out. being trapped in like you know a five by five i make that's really small but like mm-hmm. a really small apartment and again can't have access and i was even thinking while i was there just the amount of things you touch like i understood yeah. um very quickly not that i didn't 
not that I didn't before, but being there, it really kind of connected the pieces for me of how quickly it had spread. A hundred percent. And I think it was also a reminder to people the importance of the essential importance of the folks who work in our grocery stores, people who work in our pharmacies. I think hopefully for people, it was a little bit of an adjustment of like, okay, the person right now who is delivering your XYZ, the person who is um, packing up your groceries at the store, if you're fortunate enough to get into a Whole Foods or whatever, the absolute thanks and gratitude that we owe to those people um, who never really got, I think, got that, you know, the because we're assholes, yeah, who never really got the thanks of like, because we're assholes and capitalism and whatever. And I mean, there's so many, it's so multi layered and also like, even the opportunity to work from home and the people who didn't have that, it's like so fucked, but, um, but just really, I think for a lot of people, it was like the recognition of what some people sacrificed that other people didn't to say nothing of the medical care, um, community, I think is, um, incredibly important for us to acknowledge. Like every night it was six or seven o'clock at night. We literally would, it was the one positive moment of my day when I'm stuck inside with an underlying condition hearing the sirens go off throughout the day it was just nonstop ambulance stuff you felt you felt it was like seeped into your bones that you were not in an ideal spot but you know running out to not literally outside but to your window to cheer the medical care community um and our healthcare heroes every night no it's cool I got goosebumps of you just replaying that because I could Mm. I could sense that and I loved um side note Lennox Hill I don't know if you ever watched that on Netflix I did very and the COVID episode I mean Yeah. yeah so I totally get it um I totally respect that so any anyhow but yeah Yay, NYC, coming back. Let's move on to some stuff that I want to get your thoughts on because there's so much happening. And I feel like when I go to your account and visit Real Moms of Bravo and see what you and Abby do so effectively, I feel like there's always the lens of empathy in how you are unpacking the experience of being Bravo content creators and parents, which is a unique lens. I don't know of any other account that is so consistently coming to the conversation in that way, where there's always the like, here's what's happening, here's our reaction to it, and here's also a lesson moving forward. And that can be about Bravo stuff, parenting conversation, and the combo of the two. Um, I'm curious for your thoughts on the conversations that are taking place on Bravo right now and what your experience has been like translating that. Has there been a moment on Beverly Hills, for example, that's really landed for you as a content creator, as a parent, as someone? And it could be like the decision not to discuss something. Has there been a moment for you that's really kind of stayed with you with BH this season? Um, I think for me, there's been like a couple different things. One, I think what really stood out to me, and I don't feel like it was discussed enough on the show, was the treatment mm. of Garcelle's voice. Um, oh. I was really, you know, bothered by that, especially as a parent. And as much as those other women are parents, 
and how they just kind of let Erica slip by with that. Like that really bothered me. Um, I also, you know, there's certain things too that, you know, weren't discussed or shouldn't have been discussed. And you know, we're talking about this right before we get on it's crystals eating disorder. I actually just had this conversation today. It's fascinating watching how that conversation was handled on New Jersey versus, Mm. you know, Beverly Hills. I do feel Mm -hmm. like, and I don't want to speak for crystal and it's her, obviously her story to tell respectfully, but Mm -hmm. I, from a viewer's point of view, felt like Jackie was fully ready to discuss that and really go there in terms of her treatment and her journey. And I think because of that, the women responded differently, suppose. I mean, I think Crystal Mm -hmm. should receive that same treatment. However, to me, it feels like the women are coming across a bit more judgmental Um, and also just discussing things that no one needs to know. Like when Dorit shared those details about Crystal's struggles, like no one needed to know that, um, that, I mean, that doesn't help. Um, so that those two things have probably stayed with me. Uh, I'm sure as we continue to get into it, oh, what other things have stayed with me? I think the conversation of alcohol is also, a, mm. that's also a fascinating thing with Bravo in general. Um, you look at Roni, I think so much of us love Roni and love it because of the fun and a lot of it, they're drinking, they're getting shit based, mm. they're having fun, Luann's in the bushes, but then it gets dark. <laughs> it gets dark really quickly. And it's weird kind of enabling that behavior when you're a fan of it in some ways. And listen, mm. I'm a good time girl. Like I love to throw one back and have fun, but it gets a little different when it gets dark. I feel like I gave you like a very random answer. I hope I answered no, I your think question. You gave a- you gave a profound one. And I think the conversation around profound misunderstandings um, and deep misunderstandings is interesting because there's always the element of production here where are these women discussing these things because they feel like it's the responsibility of their job to speak aloud what they're feeling inside or are they saying them because they really genuinely feel that way or is it a a combination of the two like on the after show which just went up on bravo's youtube crystal for the first time on the after show a wild choice uh by the folks who produce it but was able to god forbid respond to what the cast has said so far and discuss the irresponsible nature of how they're having this conversation and how it can actually be incredibly harmful to someone in their recovery to critique the ways that a person is struggling Mm -hmm. essentially and like to critique the idea that it's like why don't you care enough is really the underlying thread that I'm hearing but Sutton said something that I was like thinking to myself but Sutton said it aloud and I was like oh shit that I have been thinking to myself but I'm like oh this is like very dangerous which is the idea that these women don't believe Crystal Mm -hmm. There's a difference between criticizing, which is bad enough, and like, I don't know that they believe what she's saying, which is very dark and problematic. No, it really is. And I think a lot. So listen, like going into the season and me me saying this, I'm going to preface this by saying I do believe Crystal. I don't think why would you what is she going to benefit from that? Like, I mean, I all that to say, I want to say that I fully believe her Mm -hmm. and support her and all of that. But I will 
uh, I don't want to say but, but you know, the season began with Crystal and the 14 friends who she no longer has 14 friends. Mm. And then the Sutton situation and her not disclosing what heinous things she said and is alluding to it. And then, you know, eventually kind of succumb to it. I think the women are attacking Crystal's character in the sense that she just kind of sits back and takes it. You know, they've told her a couple of times, like to stand up, say what you wanted to say. Like she usually just kind of shuts down. I feel like it's like clearly like an emotional response. She's like shuts down, says nothing and takes it. And then afterwards is handling it. So I think the women, I think that is dangerous to not believe because of that and not to have compassion because of your experiences with her. But I don't know that any of them really know her, you know? I mean, that's the thing. There's an assumption here of a relationship or a history or a depth of information that Crystal may not have spoken aloud at all in her life, let alone to these women. The presumption, for example, that they keep stressing, which Dorit says again on the after show, implicitly connecting the term therapy to treatment but doing so with the, which is inaccurate, but doing so with the presumption that Crystal has never gone to therapy, which is incorrect, is so wildly dangerous. But the addition to that is like their overall critique of her character, of saying that she's a emotional millennial and whatever else they've called her, connecting her eating disorder journey to that is so wildly, number one, ineffective, but also alarming and yet as you said it's difficult to even have the conversation about it because crystal for reasons connected to like keeping her eating disorder um story to herself to for her own self-care and protection but if you are a passive person potentially on a show with like very active reactive women how does that process work itself out if you are not if you're abiding by this is something I just got into with Veronica Leventhal on the last AG like if you are abiding by real person reaction inside this universe that's in many ways very very manufactured how does that process work itself out regardless of the intricacies and delicacy and mishandling of the ED talk I also it's like really disappointing you know Rena has talked about her daughters and without going into detail and then also <sighs> Kyle has shared her own experiences so you would think of all people they would have a bit more compassion for her so it sucks to me that no one is putting the kibosh on it and instead are participating in it and you know for many years we didn't know Kyle had struggled with an ED that came out during that trip to France or I don't remember some cast trip that they went on that was shared and she got to share that in her own way, in her own time. And we're not allowing that service to crystal, which is unfortunate. She shared it a little bit and it's one thing to be concerned, but I think there's other ways of showing that versus like openly just talking about it. Like I would have loved in that scene where Dorit one didn't need to share that detail, but if she would say, Hey guys, I've been with crystal. I think you should reach out to her and just check in on her. That's all that needed to be said. Like, I don't think they needed to belabor it any further. 
I also think what was so important in the scene with Sutton and Crystal this week was that Sutton was listening to her. She gave her the heads up that like, listen, if Rinna told you that you guys that that there was a group conversation, know that it was critical so that you're aware this wasn't a normal style of talking, which is, I think, appropriate to tell your friend to like heads up. This is going down a really weird fucking path and they're not going to tell you that. But it is. And also, I just want to listen like Sutton's ability to listen and empathize with Crystal is so important because we haven't seen it. I keep thinking of that fucking quote. I think it was in a Vanity Fair um, cover story with Jennifer Aniston a thousand years ago when she was reacting to a double Ma- W magazine spread that Brad Pitt and Angelina had done. And Jen, Jen, Jen my, my good friend Jen, was like, Team Jen forever. But Jen was like, there's a sensitivity chip that's missing in Brad's choice to do that so soon after their split. And I think about that with the Fox Force because I'm like, there is a not only is there a sensitivity chip that's missing, but you have decided that the only sensitivity that can be applied is to matters concerning your group and that your own experiences give you a permission slip to absolutely violate someone else's. It's just it's it's why there it feels like where's the fucking chip? Yeah, the chip is not. No, here. it's it's beyond. And I hope knowing that the reunion's coming up, mm. I would love to see Crystal like kind of stand up and just call them out on that bullshit. And, you know, I think that the thing that's so hard to because listen, like I tend to be better in writing than my words. And sometimes mm. I have to like really think if I want to articulate a really poignant thought that I want people to stick with and stay with. And I feel like with Crystal, people have nitpicked at her words. And, you know, instead of focusing on the point, they pick out the words. Like you said this violate, like the whole violate, like mm-hmm. that is a dangerous word. And then it took away from her whole freaking argument. So I'm um, a part of me is like, you need to strategically for her to get this across. And I want her to win this. And she, in my opinion, I, she is winning because you know, we, she has a fan support, but mm-hmm. she needs to strategically go in there and be like, that was fucked up and just call it what it is. Don't dance around it. Just say that was really fucked up. And that's my story. You know, I would like to see that. That I think is the kind of missing piece here that would be helpful to people because my guess is she's, I mean, I talked about her with this for the piece that I wrote for the Daily Beast, but like she is upset. So say it. You don't need to, you don't need to cage it in anything. You don't need to make these people uncomfortable. Play the game that they are playing. It doesn't mean you need to necessarily cross lines of like, you know, someone's mental health, but it does mean that you should say to someone because that is the game that's being played and it doesn't necessarily involve need to getting into details about symptoms that you don't want to a hundred percent, but say you hurt my feelings. Yes. She said on watch what happens that Erica hasn't apologized for the conversation around laxatives, let alone the joke. Oh my God. That was so heinous. So heinous. So say to her, it's disrespectful that you said that and dangerous. And also why haven't you called me for someone very invested in how Sutton has hurt people and how Sutton is a danger and a liability? Your words are an active liability. Why don't you care about 100%. that? Just say it. She needs a little, she needs to, again, like we don't need the 
she, I mean, she's very, you know, very well thought, but I think because of that, mm-hmm. people pick away at her thoughts and she just needs to keep it short and just say, that's fucked up. You hurt me. And this is why. And I need an apology from you. Like, I feel like she needs to just lay it out there. And I think that alone will kind of wake them up. And it's tough, I would guess, if Crystal is the personality type who just isn't guttural with speaking in that way. But then you have to, the the reframing it around, okay, if, if Housewives is the universe where people are saying the things out loud that typically IRL, you're just, you leave in your mind, use that. If you don't feel comfortable saying these things, potentially, and I truly don't know her thinking, but like, if you're not comfortable saying these things because you're still thinking that this is real life, which is like mazel, like that's great. But there may be a little bit of a reset, even for the purposes of the reunion and forcing yourself potentially for stuff even outside of the ED, how they've discussed her millennial yada yada, whatever feels comfortable for her, not taking away from how difficult and sensitive the ED conversation is, but even getting into the aspects of like, you don't feel this isn't friendship. The way you're treating me is not how you treat a friend. Yeah. Retraining yourself to be guttural in your responses can provide relief. Well, and I can't imagine how wild it is to be on a reality TV show. Like she's- mm. She's with us a season two. The other women have been on for several long seasons. They know how to play the game mm-hmm. a bit more. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said, it's not real life in some ways. It's just very different. Um, so I'm rooting for her in that sense. Like all the points that we've just made, I'm rooting for her. And I just want to call them out, own it, baby, and just mm-hmm. move on with it. Don't have any guilt. Like, and I, I can imagine that's really hard to do if that's just not part of who you are. I think a little bit of separation here is key, which is someone who's talked about my experiences with an ED, which is incredibly difficult to talk about. There is also an opportunity. And this is like, again, not me criticizing how Crystal is discussing anything, but just my own process of reframing things. It's so hard for me to say, try to separate yourself because that's hard for me to do in my daily life and my own conversations about how I've been affected by the edits and the the work by production this season. A lot of it has been very, very triggering, but also there's potential opportunity in trying to not like deny the triggering effect of it, but trying to communicate it in a way that doesn't feel like it's going to be triggering, trying to communicate, which takes time and you know, it's not always successful. And sometimes it's important for people to hear the pain behind the like purpose of it all. But to try to say like, to try to remove the aspects of even the control that these women are trying to have on this like very tough conversation experience disorder can be helpful in you taking back the control mm-hmm over how these women are communicating. And again, it's not making, it's, and we're all different people. We all discuss things different ways. It's the helpful conversation around why Kyle and Rinna, LOL, should know better based on what they've and their families have gone through. But also like your own experience doesn't give you a permission slip to critique someone else's. But there is potential in using the like superficial nature of housewives to try to remove aspects of this that have been so upsetting and to just like take back the dialogue. 
Absolutely. You know? No, I follow you completely. I think that would be really empowering. And I, like I said, I want her to have that moment. And I, I feel like too, and what makes it hard is that she doesn't have like a Dolores Catania in her corner or like, mm. you know, someone that's like, kind of has the balls <laughs> where they balance each other mm-hmm. out. She doesn't necessarily have that. And I know Sutton and her are good. I know as of right now, I don't think her and Garcelle are good. So I'm just curious to see how that's going to continue to play out. But I couldn't agree more with you of just her taking back the narrative, controlling it and stating her piece and just go there. I mean, how incredible would it have? Garcelle and Sutton were both there, right? Yeah, at Rinna's wine event. How incredible would it have been for either of them to say, this is not appropriate conversation to have right now? I don't think, I think that they were both quiet and it's been helpful to see Sutton in particular um, uh, criticize what the rest of the cast said. But like, how helpful would that have been for them to say that in the moment, because that's what Crystal needs. Yeah. It's like she needs an active ally. And I think that that would build trust between them. Because my hope is that like the dream team is able to work through their shit. She doesn't have someone. No, on and side. I think that's what makes it hard and why she kind of like, you know, goes back in her shell and just like, quote unquote, takes it. And then when she does try to explain to herself, people, instead of listening to her, they pick on the words that she's using. And then a conversation Mm -hmm. pivots from the point she's trying to make and her saying that she's hurt. And it goes back to, well, you said violate. That's a really strong word. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of goes back to all of that. So I, I have a lot of compassion for her. I'm really curious to see how this will continue to evolve. I think seeing the playbacks, I mean, we all know uh, Kyle's having the season from hell. So I have a feeling she's going, she's going to be, oh, she's got a lot that she's going to have to, you know, answer for. And definitely this should be one of them. Does Kyle know that she's having this season from hell? I don't know that she knows it. I think she might know that people really are coming for her right now, but like, is she aware this isn't going well for her? Do you think? I think so. I am a Kyle stan. I love Kyle, but I can also admit that this has been a horrible season for her and she's been in the wrong in so many different areas yeah that I'd like to think so I especially the whole situation with Garcelle and the kids I think the internet did come for her um just how wildly inappropriate that was um so I don't know I I hope she has that self-awareness but most of our housewives don't so (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm like, make this right. Make this right, Kyle. Make it right. How could she? Genuinely, how could she make it right? I think in like anything in life in terms of apologies is like owning up to the fact that I fucked up. And I hear you like acknowledging you hear someone, you look back and realize those aren't the good choices. There's no buts and just move on from there. Whether or not that person, Garcelle, whoever accepts the apology, we'll see. But I just think she just needs to, I don't know. I don't, and I'm not quick on people are like, oh, this should be her last season or whatever. I'm not on that train. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. she's bound to have a bad season. Like that happens to everyone. I do think she needs to just stop self-producing so damn much. And she must've been, I know she's been doing it a lot. A lot of people say that she's done it all. The haters like to point that out. But 
as a Kyle Stan, it was very obvious even more this season of how much she would try to meddle in other people's shit that had nothing to do with her. And it was even super evident in the episode last night between that whole conversation with Sutton and Rena, the whole like, did she say fuck or did she not? And so um, that was a very long answer to tell you that she just needs to say, I'm sorry, I fucked up. End of story, you know? It felt super clunky. Like that moment with Sutton and Rinna, I was watch. I watched it a couple of times that moment because I was like, the fuck? And nobody, everyone's like, yeah, this is uh, Kyle's fault. Ha ha ha. But why isn't anybody being like, this is Kyle's fault? Kyle, it's everyone has sort of accepted the fact that this is what Kyle's what Kyle does, except for the audience. Yeah. Which is weird. It is that Beverly Hills is so unique in terms of how they like play to their rules. Like if you've been watching Atlanta, like Todd and Marlo, that altercation they had, you know, between Mm -hmm. Marlo candy bitch on worldwide, Todd was quick to be (laughs) like, Hey, I've been behind the scenes and you bought your way in, like kind of breaking that fourth wall a little bit. And we're missing that with Beverly Hills. Like they, I don't know what pact or what secrets they all have on each other, but you never get that level of like transparency of like, Kyle, we see what you're doing. We're on this show too. Like no one ever kind of says that. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. 
Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Ofs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got, along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling, thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time they're gorgeous they look great in the apartment for someone like me who lives in new york city which with a very small space what i have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it and i'm so so thankful to have discovered home threads because now i feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Right. They also respond to it's like the spiritual eye roll of it all. And for a show that often focuses on the most granular um, societal quibbles or, or societal meaning not like the idea of social graces, you're watching this person act like an absolute clown. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Because it's so apparent it's funny. But then why are we focusing on these like micro examples? Yeah. No, it's so bad. And I honestly like even in that moment, like imagine that was Sutton, who was Kyle, mm. like Dorit would have like said something lost immediately, her like, lost her shit. I even if that was like my best friend, if they were doing that at my party, this nice event about the homeless, not toothless, like I would have been like listen bitch you need to shut up and pay up like for that for that violation you need to write me a five thousand dollar check thanks shut up and Mm -hmm. eat your um what were they having uh chicken chicken parm chicken parm shut up and eat the chicken parm so i i don't know it's it's bizarre beverly hills is always like you know it's so funny because beverly hills has such a following and has like Mm -hmm. the highest ratings and all of this and they have the best trailers in terms of like really teasing up the season and we're all like eating it mm-hmm. up. But when you watch it every season, I don't, I can't remember the last season of Beverly Hills that I watched where I was like, yes, like everyone was on an equal playing field. It They're giving us great ingredients, but I feel like I have food poisoning right now. Oh, something is not like literally something. It doesn't taste. Right. No, <laughs> this is like, what is actually happening here? 
especially the moment, like the, all of the shade that Erica is giving Garcelle feels so inappropriate. The way that Erica is judging Garcelle doing her the favor, honestly, and maybe this is too generous of me, but like doing the favor of her of like being empathetic and being like, maybe there's a situation with alcohol that's going on because otherwise you're just a terrible person. Yeah. So the way that I'm going to react to what you did to my children, just one example of many of ways that you have behaved incredibly inappropriately is to say maybe there's an issue here with like impulse control or your reactions to things because you're mixing meds and alcohol because otherwise you're just a piece of shit yeah and the way that Garcelle is being judged for that for not giving Erica universal grace and a permission slip because that's what she's used to with her friends it's bullshit feels Insane. It's insane. And the fact that, you know, Rena said something, it was okay when Rena said it because it's her friend, but Garcelle, like, I think Garcelle's going in with genuine intentions. It's like, listen, bitch, I had a son who battled through addiction. I've seen what it can do mm. to a person. Do I think um, Erica has, I don't, I think it'd be irresponsible of me to say if she has a drinking problem or not. That's not my place. But however, as a viewer, do I think she's self-medicating? Yeah, I think that's obvious. And she's mm -hmm. made that clear. So I just, I don't know. I I'm just glad though, if Erica's going to choose to go head to head with someone that Garcelle's not afraid to put her in her place. And next week when she tells us that iconic line that she makes herself look mm -hmm. bad, I'm so glad, but it's insane to me that none of the women have backed her up and been like, listen, like she has a point. Like these are all the different things have happened when you've been intoxicated, you've offended gross behavior with Garcelle's boys. You were gross to crystal it's like because she wasn't directly gross to anyone in the Fox Four Five. It's like she gets this pass. It's weird to me. These women feel like they think that they should take the higher moral ground, and it's like based on what? Like what? Based literally based on what? Why are we watching this power structure that feels ineffective at best when it comes to storytelling and also ludicrous? Yeah, like it doesn't make the the in like the inequality conversation there's like a serious misrepresentation here of the landscape or maybe the problem just is that that is what the landscape is these women the majority get away with literally everything and can drag whomever they want and question whomever they want over much smaller incidences of potential misbehavior or whatever but they're allowed like carte blanche yeah no like how does that it makes how, why, no sense. why is this happening i think garcelle i thank god she's on the show between her and sutton mm -hmm. i think they're gonna come to play and call out everyone i think the receipts will be there and calling everyone on their missteps and contradictions i also what i really want to see sarah is fucking dorit to switch i think dorit could switch yes. over to that side and it would help the show for one to have that because we see it all the time on all the other franchises it happens like a lot and i want to see her switch i would love to see somebody from that fox force to turn their backs on them and fucking get real but then i think well what shit does erica have on them because no one does mm -hmm. so i'm manifesting it let's turn off <laughs> let's break up the band start a new one <laughs> and let's get after it. Come on. Like, let's get it popping as Lala Kent says. 
I would, I mean, hashtag good as gold. I would love for, oh, wait, that's Sheena. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, I, I would love BPR. whatever. <laughs> any kind of, any kind of BPR. May its memory be a blessing. I would love for that to happen. But my concern is that because Doree and Kyle are like besties oh. for life, I don't know that it would take place, but I would love to see it. It's why Doree doing these things that drive me so fucking insane. I feel like they need to be called out because I do think Dorit has the capacity to for growth. She just like is vastly influenced. She's so yeah. In, I think yeah, yeah, she's yeah. heavily yeah. influenced because if you notice in any of her scenes where Kyle, Erica, Renna aren't there, it's like, oh, Dorit gets it. Like last mm-hmm. season when they were talking about the victims and the trains and Dorit was like, oh, oh my God, like having this aha, like the wheels were turning in her head. Like, mm-hmm. do I need to get a lawyer? Like started thinking about this. Like it's all there. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like, like you were saying her loyalties. Um, but I would love it. If she turned on Rena and Erica. And I think her and Kyle could still have that patch, but that would just add an extra layer on the drama. I wonder, I mean, it's so hard to even imagine these women turning on each other when you think of that scene with like Erica, Mikey and Rinna, where Rinna is allegedly being a good friend and holding Erica accountable. And yet to me, at least, and maybe this is me just being like a Debbie Downer of it, but it felt very manufactured. So the idea of it felt like. Erica was aware that this was going to be a tough conversation because that's what needed to happen. And she's in the hot seat, but she's really not because she's like swallowing the poison pill of temporary discomfort because she knows that's required. But she, but these people don't really, you know, like there it felt like there was a little bit of a wink there that I did. I love. 100% agree. And also it was blatantly obvious at the dinner, um, fast forwarding to the homeless not toothless event um what a name i know i I feel bad for laughing when i say it but i feel like they did it to themselves um it's both hot and cold (laughs) it's both hot and cold but i you heard you know erica being like oh i'm gonna have one drink should i have Mm -hmm. the champagne rena's like i don't know it was a little strong last time maybe have just straight up liquor it's like what the fuck is happening to me this is goes back to what you're saying the wink wink like here I am saying I'm really being conscious of how I'm self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Do I go with the strong shit or the half strong shit? Like what? It makes no sense. It's wild. Like saying it all out loud, it sounds even crazier. It makes no sense. But then also she pretends that this was never, n- nothing is happening. Garcelle, why are you being such a dick and saying that there's a problem when there's no problem? But you yourself are like, wow, I need to be really careful because there has been a problem. She why are we blaming for Garcelle? Yeah. I mean, it's like they're doing these things in parallel, except you're pretending that Garcelle is swerving. But you guys are both on the same track here. So, like, where is the issue? Where is the problem when it comes to Garcelle saying the thing? Honestly, that she deserves to say because of what Erica has done to her. And yet she's the bad. No, I know. It's like gaslighting, like one on one. Like, that's what it is it's it's wild to me it's wild and I'm really curious to see the women's responses um to after that iconic moment that Garcelle's about to have at this Mm -hmm. disco party I'm really really curious to see aside from the you know Taylor Swift shock face I'm really curious to see (laughs) what they're gonna do but I'm probably gonna be disappointed let's be real but maybe not who knows who knows who knows I mean speaking of curiosity gaslighting whatever 
Lisa Rinna coming so hard for Sutton while telling her, it's your fault. I'm yelling at you right now. You are the reason I'm re- I'm not in control of myself. My I am only doing what you are forcing me to do, which feels like very textbook gaslighting to an extreme and then saying, JK, it really would never was about you. It's about my grief and what I'm unpacking. While all of us at home know that she has quadrupled down in real time, I feel like it's a never ending gaslight to oh, the audience. And the thing is, like with Rena, with all of that, I'm like, two things can be true. One, you can be grieving, yeah. but mm-hmm. two, you've been an asshole. And just because you're mm-hmm. grieving doesn't mean it gives passes to you being an asshole. And that's what's missing with her. And obviously, where we're at in the season, it's like two months, it's very fresh. So, like, on one hand, I have like a slight smidge compassion for her. I do mm-hmm. like seeing housewives get vulnerable, even though her face could hardly move. And I'm like, did she cry? I don't know. But I, I, I like that admission. I'll give her that. But it's like, Rena, this doesn't give you like a freebie pass, like for treating people like shit and like talking to them the way that you have been. Like, that's not okay. Her way of processing things. I watched that moment a couple times because I honestly was like, I don't totally understand what's happening. It reminded me a little bit of when she went on Watch What Happens and was like, I'm just a mess on social. That's just like the blanket apology of it all, which doesn't really answer the question of anger because we know that she tripled down after this scene was shot. Like what is underneath her anger about Sutton. What is it? I mean, it's think? like deflection, deflection, deflection. Like that's all yeah. she's doing is deflecting. Um, I don't know. I, I do know, I think, and maybe the timing's not right, but her daughter, remember mm-hmm. when she, all that stuff was this Deli- Delilah, Delilah, Delilah Bell, Amelia Grain, Deli- Delilah Bell was, took to Instagram yeah, stories that's when, or Instagram live. Yeah, she did that Instagram live of talking about how her parents wouldn't pay for therapy and how about all these treatments she's had and all this shit that was out there. And I feel like that was probably maybe happening at the same time. Someone don't, mm-hmm. don't check me if that's mm-hmm. not right, but in terms of why Sutton's triggering her maybe she has said something about it I don't know like there's sometimes Mm. things that we don't see however I've learned recently that housewives put stuff in their contracts that can't be talked about what yeah you know that what wait no No, that's what I've heard I've heard like what people that that people can say in their contracts like you cannot talk about my husband you cannot talk about no. my kids. Maybe it's not true, but that's what I hear. I don't think that's true, but I'm extremely into but, that. But uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so that's, I don't know. So all that being said, I think that shit storm is happening. But allegedly, if this contract, mystery contract exists, people couldn't actually say it and call it out. Maybe Sutton did behind the scenes. Like, look at this story I'm just making up. Like, this is a story I'm, I'm telling myself. This. You're yeah, in- do this. Do <laughs> it's it. like really spiraling here. I love conspiracy no, theories. No, I'm like with very spiraling. Here. I'm into it. But love. I mean, I think she just doesn't like Sutton. I think Sutton's just a target for her and she doesn't like her really is what it comes down to. 
it feels like Sutton is not allowed to do very basic winky examples of the things that Rinna does every day, which is fucking with someone and making them feel foolish. Rinna does that every day, but her level of anger about Sutton doing the same thing and saying, I'm going to continue to punish you until you make a public statement saying that like the shade that she mentioned, which was honestly not that big a deal is so unacceptable knowing the things, the active, aggressive comments, quote unquote jokes, misbehavior that Erica has done. And yet Sutton said, like, they didn't write me a thank you note or whatever it is for the seat of the table is so stupid to me. And yet it produces real anger. And the inclusion of Harry Hamlin in all of this is so bitchy. Like, I just think if you're a spouse and you're this and and Rinna is attempting to say that Harry is this sensitive, it is so I can't think of another word except like comical and weird. It's super weird and somewhat like entitled, you know, like it's like you expect that you expect like, oh, my God, I grace my presence you've I've welcomed you into my home I should automatically get this yeah it's nice like it's very you know nice thing to do of course but I would never like get mad at someone because I didn't get a fucking thank you card or a thank you text like no that's ridiculous I think I think all of it is just she just doesn't like her and I also think Sutton's delivery although it's the same Mm -hmm. in your point she's just so fucking quirky about it like her eyes she's got those Mm -hmm. eyes that like Mm-hmm. Like you can see the wheel spinning <laughs> and stuff when she's thinking. Love it. Love to see it. But I feel like Rena's like, no, bitch. I don't, I, she just doesn't like her. I don't think she's a big fan of the idea that the taste is maybe adjusting a little bit. Like the culture of Bravo, own it, is no longer the thing that people are celebrating. And how difficult must that be? to know that people don't necessarily delight in you in the ways that they may be used to, Mm -hmm. especially when you have attached dollar signs to it. Rinna Lip Beauty, Rinna Rosé, like these elements of people are going to support me financially because they like me on the show. But what happens when I'm not the one seen in the, the best and most beneficial light, especially when I'm trying to monetize the the joy that I bring to people, even if it's in misbehavior, I feel like so much of that is like her anger at us, maybe for not choosing her. And we haven't even gotten to the Kathy of it all. Like it's gonna continue to get so messy um, mm-hmm. with Rena. And so yeah, and you know it's funny. I have an own it baby shirt. Like I, I like Ooh. yes, I do. I lo- oh, I, I love fully it. support. I fully support. No, that's okay. but I, you know, pre couple seasons, I like loved Rena for all the reasons you brought up. Like I'm like she's kind mm-hmm. of fun and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but at the time, the show had a Brandy Glanville, a Kim Richards, like someone who's mm-hmm. actually willing to call these women out on their shit. And Garcelle does it to an extent, but she doesn't. She's not as messy as Kim or Brandy. Yeah, I mean, I... Or Camille. Camille Grammer. A hundred percent. And it's, like, frustrating to me because I feel like Rinna is doing... Rinna is acting in a way that feels 
desperate. And I don't mean that honestly in a critical manner. I just feel like she's not in control. And so what we're seeing is her response to the idea that she's not able to direct the story as she once was. Like, I, I think Rena has been a great housewife. I think Rena has been a great villain. I also think she's fucking losing her mind right now and doesn't know how to get back power and is also focusing on the ways that she feels out of control dealing with the loss of her mom. But it's not really answering the questions here when it comes to relationships sure. that that more answers the like response. And I get that the day of was incredibly upsetting because of the delivery of her mom's items. But like something is off here. And as something was off when she went on Watch What Happens was just like, I'm a mess. Like just a, I'm just a, a fuck up in every way. And that's the thing. So just move along. Like we're not really unpacking this yet. We're focused on unpacking things for um, other people, other people's intentions. Mm-hmm. Garcelle with Erica, like, but focus on that. But it's like, OK, there's this huge fucking brush fire happening. Rinna lit the flame. And yet we're all pretending that this is just like smoke from Teresa's wedding is that what's taking place what speaking of Teresa say what you want about her but that bitch at least has been authentic from the day she's been Mm -hmm. on camera and we've seen it all and I feel like that's what makes the best housewives is when they're authentic in their story so like to your point all the points aside from the grief like what the fuck is going on you're on the show and you're picking and choosing what you want to share and like as viewers, as Housewives continues to progress, like that's the shit that's like missing. Like I look at a Potomac, you know, mm. Ashley Darby, we're going to see her that whole fucking roller coaster ride oh, with Michael, which God. I cannot wait. But also Can't I know wait. she will show it, give it to us, like just show it. And I, I think that's what's missing with these women. Like I know the cameras aren't there 12 months out of the year, but however, like those four months or whatever, when they're filming, you're picking and choosing what you're willing to share with us. And because mm-hmm. we're, you know, diehards and talking about it right now, mm-hmm. like we can see it and feel that like to all the questions that you're saying, like what else is happening here? Why, why don't you just fucking say it? And I think Rena, if she wants to win back people, she needs to start being a lot more authentic and a lot more vulnerable. And I think that is going to, that would help her. And at Beverly Hills in particular, and I love Garcelle we don't know shit about like a lot of the women they don't we don't know shit about their day-to-day lives like we really don't one thousand percent and what is missing on b8 it it is the fact that these women refuse to own it and their instinct because there's so much sensitivity in their real lives that they don't want us to know that they don't want to acknowledge that they don't want to put on tv and they don't want to discuss they are focusing on very vulnerable fucked up conversations like what's going on with Crystal instead of because they know the power of what happens when you discuss things on camera so they are sacrificing some real fucking serious shit with Crystal to hide this other stuff and it's like that game of like look over here don't look over here the tool of distraction is not working we see it so clearly and I don't know how you resolve it how do you they have the monopoly on BH like how do we solve this inequality I don't know (laughs) 
Brand, I know, bring back. But Brandy's fucking friendly with members of the Fox. No, Force I now. know, but I also think Brandy has no hesitation on turning it on anybody. Yeah, that's you know, true. like God, she might be God cool with me. them. She does not care. No, but yeah, I think with certain housewives franchises, I think it's like if you're only going to pick and choose certain aspects of your life, it's inauthentic. Like, why are you on reality TV? Um, and I just think with Beverly Hills, I'm lacking so much of that in some ways of like, what is actually going on in your life? Like, why Rena are you fucking like, what else is happening? What's piling on that you can't take on? Has she said in her interview, like, these are all the things like, great. Like I would like buy into that more, but we're missing that. But I feel like a Teresa Giudice has no problem telling us that. Like, you know, it's just very interesting as time goes on, like seeing how these housewives um, navigate emotion in, in their lives. Mm. I mean, with Teresa, it's like, I don't think she's really interested in revealing a lot, but what may uh, everything, but what I find so interesting to her is like when she tries to hide it, Oh, that is interesting to me where I, and I am one of those people who like, I can't, I would, I could do a 20 episode spinoff of that wedding, like give the hair 10 episodes alone. I will watch it on a loop. Like, don't worry. It doesn't even have to be good. Just give me, I'll watch it on mute and be perfectly fine. But like to me, what's so interesting about Teresa is like, I do think she's very manipulative. I do think she can be like a little diabolical and like, but I'm not, I'm not an anti tree, you know, like yeah. I guess I'm pro environment. I'm not a tree hugger. I'm not anti, I'm not a bulldozer, whatever they yeah. call the anti tree people. I'm just like, plant the seeds. Like, come on. If she's planting somebody, I'm into it. I'll die for it. That's not happening. It's also, though, authentic to her because she doesn't talk about her feelings, yes. you know? So even yes. if she's not full blown, like laying it out there, I think she does it in a very Teresa way. Um, and yes, I'm not a tree hugger either. I, I respect Teresa and what she's done. And I think given all the shit she's gone through and she still shows up, mm-hmm. that's like what I respect is that she still fucking shows up and she, her family, her name has been put through the mud. And I think if any one of these housewives like can put any one of them in their place, like I'm not saying Teresa go to Beverly Hills, but you know what I mean? We need like that kind of, I need a, a little Delore, like that kind of energy in there. And I feel like we're getting it on Atlanta, even in the idea of like, listen, and there's stuff to critique about like the dinner that took place, the conversation that took place and what Marlo was actually and actively saying at the dinner, the cast dinner in Jamaica. But like, you know what? She's saying it. She's not intimating. She's saying explicitly how she feels. I could disagree with it, Mm -hmm. but at least it's being said. You know, versus what's going on in BH. I feel like there's a little bit of like we need to give a little bit of respect to the fact that BH is super fucking up majority yada yada. But at least on Atlanta, someone is saying the thing that they're thinking that she feels. Yes. yes, she really is. She is. No, she really is. Um, no, she is. And I mean, yes, we can talk about the Marlo of it all. But yes, absolutely. And I feel like that's been lacking the last couple seasons, I think Kathy was a distraction. Her first season was that last mm-hmm. season. I think people got, you know, mm-hmm. we got, you know, caught up in the Kathy Hunky of it all. Dory. Hunky Dory. Dory. But if you look back, it's it's been a minute. I can't think of a season, even when Denise was on, maybe. Like, but we all focused on Denise and her maybe threesome with Brandy or affair with Brandy mm-hmm. versus like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is actually happening? <laughs> deflection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real Housewives of Deflection. Uh- 
It literally is Real Housewives of Deflection. I do want to get your thoughts on the Atlanta moment before we wrap yeah. between Candy and Marlo. What was your response watching that play out? I mean, it was ridiculous. It's like two things. One, Marlo, without Marlo, because I know a lot of people are like, well, maybe Marlon shouldn't have gotten her peach. Listen, bitches, we as fans are so fucking greedy. One day we're like, she yeah, needs her so peach. Pretty. Oh my God, where's her peach? The second day we're like, let's take it away. You don't have to mm-hmm. like what she's doing, but listen, I think the season would be boring without Marlo. So I think Marlo was reaching in that argument. Like, why are you bringing up shit from 10 years ago? But Marlo also activated Candy in a way that I have not seen in a minute. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. It was a stupid, I mean, the point of the fight, I mean, had to do with the nephews and then Marlo just goes below the belt. Like she just kind of wants to poke and trigger. Like she, she has no Mm -hmm. problem doing that. And she has no problem crossing any lines. I think she was in the wrong. However, again, I don't think Atlanta would be as enjoyable as it has been if it wasn't for Marlo for stirring the pot. Absolutely. And can I shift gears just one little bit, just one final question for you, because your content has been so interesting and again that perspective of parenting what did you think of the conversation with Ralph and Drew oh my like not not only the reveal of the like adoption adjustment but also the book itself taking place essentially solely through Ralph the book is fucking bullshit I I mean I don't I'm not a co-parent so I can't speak to um, divorce and whatnot, but step Ralph, parent. yeah, step parent, but Ralph yeah. could not be a parent if it wasn't for his relationship with Drew. So it feels like mm-hmm. he's coming into this with a bird's eye, like a different point of, of a point of view that no one's asked for, for one, the mm-hmm. whole adoption thing. Again, I, I don't, I can't really unpack that. Cause I don't know what that would be like. And I do have empathy for this dad. However, it feels like from Drew, like reading between the lines, it seems like he's not even present. It seems like he just, Mm. you know, wants, just wants to keep that title and maybe he's not contributing. Like my thing is take two steps. My thing is with, uh, Josiah's father, is he contributing financially? Is he doing all the things that comes with a dad? And if he's not Ralph, like, fuck what he thinks, do what's best for Josiah. Like Josiah is what's important. And if that's makes a difference for him, difference for him, then fucking move on with it. Like you don't have, you're not married to the dad, you're married to Drew and Josiah is part of your family. So that bothered me. Mm -hmm. And the book is stupid. The book is dumb. I wouldn't write the fucking, I would not write the (laughs) forward. He's the least experienced person in the world. I feel like to speak on that, like it's bullshit. Honestly, like, I feel like I'm very activated right now (laughs) talking about it. Like it's ridiculous. I think there's, that's important to be activated. I mean, Drew herself being like, I don't know that I want to write the forward is not a great indicator of how this story is going to be told because we're watching him tell it in real time and it's fucking confusing. It's so confusing. And I think Ralph has this like, he got, he has such a fucking big ego. And I feel like he comes yeah. in thinking he just knows everything. And like, I became a stepdad and here's all the amazing things I did without giving his wife drew who made him a stepdad any credit like i see him just mm. like taking he's like a classic mansplainer i feel like that step parenting book is going to be mansplaining of all the things like drew should be doing or Aaron should be doing like he's a mansplainer oh god it's because 
Drew is a little bit of a mansplainer too. Uh, like Drew's like, no, this is the way that it should I be. Mean, so for her to even, you know, kind of act, and I don't mean that as a critique, but genuinely be surprised and confused as to what is even happening in her relationship, in her family, but we're going to publish this as a guy. I don't know if it's a guide or I don't know if it's him just sharing his story, but like maybe he should share that with his wife. Uh, yeah. That's kind of like, yeah, very obvious thing he should be doing. Like Drew and Ralph are so fucking thirsty. They're grabbing straws. Like this is such a ridiculous thing. Like this is going to be like the fucking joggers. We're never going to see the book. It's never going to go through. This is just a little moment for Ralph to make him look good. You know, it's like probably rehabilitating his image because we all fucking hate him. That's my two cents on that. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. And I feel like the way that they even talk about it, it's almost like he's giving a wink to her. Like there's a little bit of a to be continued in their marriage where he's like, I'll tell you later. Like, you know, like you'll find out when the book comes when out. When I'm divorced. Like, okay. That's so messed up. Like that is beyond. Oh, no. Like that yeah. is horrible. It's horrible. But listen, this conversation was nothing but great. I'm so appreciative when you come on AG. I love hearing your views and perspectives long form and would be so excited for you to come back. But in the meantime, tell the AGs where they can listen to your pod, how they can follow you on social, what you and Abby have got cooking. Tell us everything. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. It's been fun to kind of speak on Housewives and this point of view and this angle. That's It's really fun to kind of get in deep. Um, but you can find us wherever you listen to this podcast, Real Moms of Bravo. And then we're also on active on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo as well. Speaking of listening to things, listen to my Watch What Happens Live Behind the Scenes Spectacular, a Patreon exclusive episode that you can get at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Gave some inside scoop on a Q&A that the audience of 20 had with Andy pre-show, the IRL reaction to... What took place during and so much more. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on social at Dame Galley. Just put up that weird fucking video of Dorit doubling down on the after show, Crystal's response. And um, I've got a lot cooking on social. So follow me there on Instagram. And thanks so much for coming back, friend. It was so great having you. This was honestly a great start to my day. I'm so thankful. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And guys, raise my hearty and son's apple spice tea to that. I hope you're all doing okay. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.